We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. I'm never getting tired of our theme song. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Masters of Sex Recap Season 2, Episode 3, Fight. Um, today, I've got my glam glam host with me, <laughs> uh, Special Sexy Spice. Hey, guys. It's Spicy Maddie. And we've got Roya. Hello, guys. And Duke it up. <laughs> Let's go. Fight. Fight. What's going on, guys? I'm Bobby. How y'all doing? <laughs> We've got Bobby. And I am your host, Jenna Couture. We've got a special guest, Brulee Tweets, in the house. Uh, so, this was a really interesting episode. The majority of the episode was just taken in a hotel room, but I've got to say, it was one of the most... Um, one of the more intimate episodes. Um, so um, let's get right into it. Um, so we cut to the very first scene, which is Virginia having um, a talk to her about her daughter, uh, about her um, to her daughter about the tooth fairy, and she—you could tell she's kind of trying to break her daughter of like the fairy tale and to you know try to make it not so you know Disney type, you know, like princess, more real life princess, for her. yeah, and she's trying to kind of. 
get her into it, and she's not having it. A little dark there, a little twist. Yeah. Well, what if the prince stumbles and fall, like his face gets messed up? Then what happens <laughs> yeah, to the princess? She's kind of relentless with it, but I mean that's good because you want to give your kid like a realistic picture of like what to expect. But I don't think that she was trying to give her child a realistic picture. I think that she was being very negative because she's had a negative experience when it comes to love. She didn't get that pretty happy ending, which we don't find out till later in the episode of why she was going that route. Well, not even until we find out later. If we look at the life that they've shown us that she's lived on the actual previous seasons, you know, she was, she's been in several sexual relationships that didn't work out, and her last marriage didn't work out. And so she already has, you know, a toxic relationship with her father's children. So I think that that was kind of coming into play with why she was painting this dark picture to her child. Maybe she was projecting a little bit. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was projecting as much as she was trying to paint a little bit of a feminist picture into the child and True. saying you don't need to just fall in love and be happily ever after. You don't need to depend on a man. And I know that Tessa wasn't necessarily saying depend on a man, mm-hmm. but that whole prince, you know, knight in shining armor, whatever you want to say, there is kind of that idea there. And I think Virginia kind of wants to say, I'm strong. I've learned not to depend on a man. Maybe I had faults earlier in my life, but I'm learning to do my own thing. And that's debatable whether she actually is. But I want Tessa to be just as strong and not have to depend on a man and hey I need to get it into your head right away as a kid that you don't need Prince Charming to have a successful life. You Mm -hmm. can be Princess Charming and Prince Charming can come for you which I think for this time period of super progressive. Yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very progressive yeah. So I love the line she told her too. I think you like to know how things are going to end Mm -hmm. and that's why she likes storytelling Mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. And then, um, which kind of um, paints kind of a tone for, you know, I feel like that story was planted there specifically to kind of overshoot some of... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Like how un, how you know how un, not normal. Like her relationship is with Doctor Masters, and it just you know it goes into kind of her story later on. So, um, and then we cut to Doctor Masters. Um, giving birth, and that, so I love it. So it's like Law and Order. <laughs> like I love that there's like a case, you know, mm-hmm. with some of these things. It makes it very interesting. And I've actually started reading the book, and um, so I'm getting more of an insight of on Doctor Masters and what he was really like, just to see how far the book is from it. And it said that he, and we see, see this. Um, in the story that he is very, so we see him giving birth to a, a, a can or a baby that is, I hope I'm saying this right, androadrenal genital hyperplasia, which means that the the baby has both um, showings of both genitals. So, um, and he gets very passionate with his patient on, you know, not making a move and letting the baby, you know, like making sure that they do the surgery at the right time with the right doctor that's, you know, a little more well-versed in this. And um, and the patients aren't having it, you know. Um, and I think that's an also like a really crazy case to bring in at that time, too. Because uh, during this time, we don't, you know, I didn't, you know, know that cases went back as far as, you know their time frame, you know? So I thought it was a very interesting um, case to bring to him. Yeah, 
definitely was something to show us. And I like the way they filmed that scene in the room with the mother and the father mm-hmm. and how dark the father was. And they always had a shadow over him when it was a close-up of him. And then when it went to Masters, it was a lighter, kind of like he was the hero in the scene. Right. I just love that contrast between the two. Right. And we see Dr. Masters being very stoic in his day-to-day. But then when patients get involved, it's like he has, like, I feel like that brings out his, like, vulnerability. He's passionate. He's sensitive. I mean, he fights for the right thing. You know, like, he's just... Heroic. Becomes Batman. Right. No, he does. And I I even pointed out while we were watching, I was like, wow, look at Dr. Masters, like, standing up for himself and being Mm -hmm. very assertive now, especially when the father was saying or... uh, making reference to feminine characteristics for a man, you know, having uh, the female genital, um, and also saying that a man who would allow that would be a sissy as well, kind of implying that Dr. Masters was feminine. Mm -hmm. And I thought at that moment that he was going to get socked, but Dr. Masters just got in his face and kind of told him that he needs to think about the choices that he's going to make. But I I do like that we got to see how passionate he was, Mm because he was very stern about it. Yeah. Two two episodes into the new hospital, we saw what happened last week with the girl, yeah, um, we see him. Rose, I think her name was, and then we had that situation with her way overbearing parents, and now we see this situation with some other way crazy overbearing mm-hmm. parents. Is every patient, or is every parent of a patient, like literally the parent from hell at this I hospital? Know. <laughs> well, I think when you specialize in something, you get these, I mean, he's not just getting like in-between stories, he's getting really um, extreme cases right, for cases. that time, and so I think these parents just don't know how to manage their expectations or feelings during this time period because all of these cases are way out of, you know, the the normal spectrum that he was kind of talking about. And so... um, He even admitted later on he's never seen a Mm -hmm. hermaphrodite. He heard about it in school, but he'd never seen it before. So all this was pretty new to them back in that time. Absolutely. And so um, in the book, it has also stated that Dr. Masters was, you know, stoic and then with his patients just... Like, all of his patients thought he was a saint. Like, they all, everyone got along with him really well if they were a patient. But then other than that, nobody else kind of understood him. (laughs) So, um, and then we kind of shoot to the hotel room where we kind of stay for the rest of the episode. I mean, we only flash back a little bit to the hospital. But, um, so we start off um, and we see them in the hotel room. And Dr. Masters is being kind of quiet for, he's not saying a word. Well, he's watching, you know, there's a huge fight on TV. And um, they're having technical def- difficulties. They've got Elliot, their server in the room, trying to fix the, oh, the TV. It wasn't Elliot. It was, oh, uh, it was just oh, a Oh, that's right. It was somebody else. Handyman. Somebody else. Handyman. Yeah. Um, and so he fixes it. Uh, Virginia, not getting any sort of response from him, um, goes to take a bath where, obviously my favorite, um, <laughs> all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Dr. Masters just takes her up against the wall, you know, and just completely takes off her panties, lifts her skirt up, undresses, you know, just takes his bottoms off and then just has her full on standing. And they ha- and she lets him, which I'm, I'm you know, curious because women usually need a, a little bit of warming up. And sometimes if guys come out, girls like that, without saying anything and with not, you know, that emotional connection, girls will be like, no, I don't think so. But she was, she let him go with it. And, um, and they had sex. So, I mean, that was a really powerful scene, I thought. You know, we're starting to see more of their intimacy. And of course, obviously, this one was jam-packed with it. Well, I like, for me, honestly, the whole fight reminded me of the, like, it was a symbolism of their relationship. Absolutely. So, the uh-huh. first round, we got to see them keep fighting. And the mm-hmm. uh, g- the veteran guy, was it, uh, what was his name? I wrote it down somewhere. It was Archie. Dur- Archie, Archie Moore. Archie like, he, he goes down, and then he gets back up. So, that was kind yeah. of the first 
impact that we see. And then we see Masters go at Virginia, mm-hmm. which was really hardcore in a way. And mm-hmm. uh, I just love the comparison between the two. The inter- yeah. you know, but <laughs> what about the fact that he was having this more rough physical sex with her? I think She's into that, though. Well, she is, and I think that she appreciated it because he was the aggressor. But I think that afterwards she realized that that was provoked by something. Mm-hmm. She was like, what's wrong with you? Because this mm-hmm. is not normal. So he was taking out something. He was doing a transference of emotion. He, his sexuality was challenged er- earlier. So he became the dominant one in that sexual situation in order to enforce his masculinity. Mm-hmm. And she picked up on that. And I think that uh, that was also a comparison, too, between the fight that he had earlier with the father of the baby that was born, but in addition to the boxing as well. Yeah. And I think he was so high-strung because that father reminded him of his own father. Of his own father. And he couldn't do anything about it, just like back when he was a kid, too. Yeah. So. And he, and I think he felt responsible, too, for the child not being able to be who the child was born to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think he related to the child and not being able to defend yourself. So he was the only one that could defend the child. And even he was helpless because he didn't have the power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so then it kind of goes into, so now they've had this, this moment of where they've kind of had sex and she's like, all right, well, you know, I'm just trying to figure out who you are because I barely recognized you. And she's trying to kind of ask him about his day and he's still kind of, you know, resisting a little bit and tells her, finally lets her in and says that it's terrible. Um, which is nice because you would never, like, things I saw in this episode are things that I think I would never see with him and Libby. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually opened up and started talking about his day. Like, and, and he was discussing his cases, which, I mean, I've just never really seen him do that with Libby, you know? And so that was a nice, you know, it's like they had this sex, they have this work, you know, they, you know, I mean, I really think they're playing behind their work. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's obviously real feelings here. And then now they can kind of, like, get intimate and really kind of talk about what's bothering them. So I thought that was that was neat. And then we see um, Virginia ordering dinner like a pro. Like, she was ordering his stuff. And you could see, like, he went to the bathroom and kind of looked back. She's like, oh, my husband would like this. And it's like he kind of looked back, and it's like he's loving it. The chef can just walk the cow through a warm room. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. You know? I agree, by the way, for the record. That's my kind of state. Oh, like yeah. very rare? Very rare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about it? I mean, that was like, the, you know, there's like this dynamic of... Have you ever Have you ever been... Maybe this is me because I'm weird. Have you ever been joking with like a friend of the opposite sex or maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever? And you kind of joke about being married at some point. It's like, haha, this is funny, you know, whatever. And it's totally a joke. And I don't know how it would come up. That's a weird thing for me to say. But the point I mentioned it is, (laughs) um, the reason I mentioned it is, this is kind of what that is, but a little bit more serious. And they know, I think both of them can see where the relationship might go or could go Mm -hmm. or maybe shouldn't go because of their lives. But they kind of both know where it's headed. And this is them both kind of hedging towards that and saying, you know, let's act like married people without actually having to be married and without having to face that consequence. Even though we really should, we're still lying to ourselves. Let's act like married people. Let's order dinner for each other and start the bath and talk about, you know, our past histories and being married it's like you don't realize what you're doing but it feels good in the moment and because you're joking about it mm-hmm. you can sort of legitimize it to yourself and get away with it it's a real life fairy tale yeah in a way oh there goes the, yeah, the fairy tale yeah into the beginning yeah. yeah but i think that ultimately they they're dancing with the idea because that is really something that they want but neither of them will admit it yeah and so 
you don't have to take accountability for your emotions or feelings if you're, like you said, playing or joking about it. Like boxing. Right. Right. Exactly. And then speaking of boxing, we kind of cut to doctors. So it's like they're discussing their problems, their day. He tells her about his case. Um, and then he kind of starts to, they talk about boxing and he's like teaching her like what to watch on, on the show. And then they start going into like a real life role play, like of them boxing. And, um, or well, actually before that, he was telling her that he starts, it's so weird because he starts going into telling her about, um, why he wanted to go into boxing. And that as soon as he got dropped off at boarding school, he immediately wanted to learn how to box because he wanted to know how to defend himself. And, um, in the book, you can, um, in the book, it states that, you know, his father actually had a tumor in his head that made him lash out, like, that oh, he wow. thought was responsible for all of these um, outbursts of physical abuse. But his father would make him beg, and he wouldn't, um, he would never beg. And his father did, like, when he was 14, drop him off at a boarding school. They wouldn't had ice cream before, and he thought that this was, like, his father, like, trying to mend fences with him a little bit dropped him off and that was um he did go home one time for christmas but he left um before his birthday because his birthday is a few days after and that was the last time he ever saw him Mm. and in the book it also states that his mom tried very hard to stop the beatings but um she was like she would be banging on the door trying to help him and just couldn't get through and so it was sad and then she would secretly like reach out to him and give him money and and things like that when he was a kid. So, I mean, it was really sad. And then we we really see all of that come through in this episode. We really get to kind of, he kind of opens up. Um, and then he kind of, you know, he goes through phases. He's not just like an open book. He mm-hmm. shut down a little bit. He's like, you know what, Virginia, stop asking about the boxing. There's really no significant story. Stop it, you know. And, um, and, um, and then it's funny because they, they stop talking about it. They have dinner, and then after that dinner, she, like, seduces him. Well, he starts asking her questions. He starts probing and asking sexual questions about her past experiences while they're role-playing. I think that was after, though. In the midst of role-playing, he asks her, and she starts telling a story of when she lost her virginity. And you think that it's, uh, that she's that she's lying and, you know, that she's making up the story, but come to find out it's really true. So that's when he shares, you know, his story. After that, isn't that how it went? Either way, no. it's interesting to me that they, whatever the order ended they're up being, they're both storytelling the entire time. <laughs> yeah, so and, we were getting lost in between. And like, not only that, but they're storytelling past one-on-one situations. And for her, it's sex. For him, it's fighting with his dad. Right. Very different that way. But it's still this same one-on-one give and take that we see the metaphor between the boxing match on television mm-hmm. and the relationship and the thing. It's still that same metaphor of here was a one-on-one situation I was in and here's what I did. And maybe the end goals are different for each of them. He wants to know more about the sex that she had for whatever reason. She wants to know more about his emotional life, maybe for whatever emotional reason she has. Mm -hmm. But it's the same idea of trying to gauge your opponent and how they've been in one-on-one situations before. And both endings have left them both left. You know, same, you know. And so so they they did that. They had dinner. She seduced him. And then after, Virginia tells him about one man that meant a lot to her. And, um, you know, and that was sad. And it was interesting that she, you could tell how hurt she was by that story. But then at the same time, she is in the same exact situation, like, with him. It's like he's married. He keeps telling her that he's happily married. And you can kind of tell where she's guarded. 
You she know, wants the, un- the emotionally unavailable man. Mm-hmm. That's something that she keeps doing to herself. She keeps getting in relationships with people who don't or can't commit or be with her. And the guy who would be with her, she didn't want him. Which, listen mm-hmm. to this, and I'm no expert. You guys are far more experts than I am on this. <laughs> but I have a theory, and y'all can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Virginia, seeing what she did with Tessa in the very first scene about the Prince Charming and you don't need a Prince Charming and be a tough girl, you know, more or less. Um, kind of do your own thing. Virginia, you said commits to people who can't commit to her or, or supposedly wants to commit to mm-hmm. people who can't commit to her. I believe subconsciously or consciously, Virginia doesn't want to commit either. And she knows that if she quote-unquote commits to people like Masters who are married, guess what? He can't commit back, so you don't have to worry about that problem, and you can let yourself down and sabotage your own relationship, right. as opposed to the guy who wanted to commit to her and was ready, and she's like, oh, I can't commit to that guy. It's like, well, wait a second. If you wanted commitment, you had commitment. You don't actually want commitment. You can act like you do, but I don't think you do. Right, and then she shortly after says, you know, sex is great, enjoy it when you can. It's a biological function, you know, but lock up your heart and don't fall in love. Enjoy yeah. sex while you can, but play it safe and keep your heart out of it locked away like a bank full. But if you look at if you look at that example of what she just said, okay, if you if you really dissect what she just said, I think that part of the reason that Virginia gets in these relationships um, it's it's a little bit toxic in a way and self-damaging, but it also shows the pessimistic outlook that she has on love because she's been damaged. So I don't think that it's, she doesn't want commitment. I think that she thinks she's that it's jaded. unrealistic to get it. So therefore, because it's, because it's not a reality and the Prince Charming doesn't exist, then I might as well enjoy these relationships with men who are at least going to give me good sex. And so, but at the end of the day, she really does want love. She wants it. If Dr. Masters could be in love with her and commit, I think that she actually would. Yeah. And in real life, didn't they eventually They eventually wind up together? They do. I don't think it's as romantic as this is playing out. On yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is quite, I mean, this is really giving the audience what we want. Um, <laughs> but yes, I do. Yeah, they do end up. Um, and then she, she made a quote that she, okay, so I didn't, I didn't catch what his line was, but right after she says, of course, I would never marry a man I didn't love and desire. Because he said something like, what about our marriage? Yeah. And so it was like reconfirming to him in a weird way, roundabout way, that, you know, she loves and desires him. Or is it for pretend? Or, I, you know, they kind of were going back and forth. I mean, it was very, I mean, confusing, but not really. Because, like, at the end, I feel like we all really know how they both really feel mm-hmm. about each other. So I think that goes back to your point about playing. So, you yeah. know, I can say, ooh, I love you. It's a joke. Ha, ha, ha. But that's really how I feel. It's masking the truth by playing. So I had in middle school, you guys are going to love this story. <laughs> this is related to this. Believe mm-hmm. me. In middle school, there were girls in middle school who would say, I love you to boys. But if they spelled it L-U-V, it wasn't real love. It was <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Different love. Yeah. That's it's still actually true. If I'm dating a guy yeah. and I put L-U-V, yeah, it's not like love, love. Like, it's like, I like how you never, love? That doesn't really mean I love I was, you or you're my love. Yeah, like, that's like casual love. love. So that's legit. Okay, I was going to use that as an example of playing and stuff, but if it's legit, all right. Okay, all right, I gotcha. Wow. Okay, and just briefly, I just want to um, reach out to all of our fans um, that love hearing our, uh, you know, that, you know, recap with us and tweet with us. And um, if you could please, if it just takes a second to um, rate and put a comment on our iTunes. It really helps AfterBuzz and everything that we do. They produce so much content. just super helps us. Um, we love, love tweeting about the show. L- uh, L-O-V-E love. Yeah. L-O-V-E <laughs> love. The real kind of love. Uh, and so, uh, if you get a second, please rate us and comment. 
Um, okay. And then so it cuts back to the ho- hospital, which was interesting. And it shows the baby actually going forward with the surgery without Dr. Mm-hmm. Masters there. Less than 24 hours. How insane is that? Yeah. I mean, literally, it must have been like hours after he left the hospital, mm-hmm. which was, you know, we're all just like, no. And of course, they have like the most angelic, adorable baby. <laughs> like some babies are not cute. This baby was adorable. Like I was just like, no. <laughs> Um, and then we um, kind of, I mean, we just see that for just a moment. And then we cut back and see um, Virginia and Dr. Masters, um, him giving her the lesson, right? So they've been talking about boxing. Boxing was such a huge theme in this. And then he kind of shows her, right? Totally thought someone was going to get hit, like black eye. And I was like, how's he going to explain this to Libby? You know, they're really <laughs> not supposed to be making marks on each other. And um, Virginia gets her um, bracelet stuck in his hair. And then he kind of, you know, gets pissy about it, which I thought it was going to ruin the whole mood, but he actually came back. He has like a rebound, a pretty good rebound rate. He comes back after, you know, getting upset. Um, but she, did she cut it out of his hair? Or she the, used sawed it. it with a knife. Yeah. She like sawed it. Knife. Yeah. yeah, so she <laughs> saws it out of with his hair. Butter. And then um, they brought up scissors to um, actually fix it, you know, and kind of, um, and they have this um, talk about, um, they start talking about his father again, you know? Well, first she kind of calls him out and saying that he made her feel powerless. Right, right, right. And they have that. kind of provokes that conversation about the father. Mm-hmm. And that, it's interesting to see them two have that power hungry. Like, they don't like mm-hmm. being belittled by each other at all. Like, neither one of them. Like, yeah, he was, like, lording counter, his yeah. knowledge and his over her. And then, you know, we see it later in the episode, her lording her yeah. power Because instead of going with the right jab, she goes with the left, and then that causes with the uh, bracelet catching on. And he goes, why did you do that? And she just felt like she needed to do it because he was making her feel less than what she was. Well, and this is the quote, the biggest quote to me in this whole show maybe is when they were talking about this exact thing and they were watching boxing and going back and forth between the fight and their own little fight. Mm-hmm. And he said to her, she asked about fighting and landing punches, and he said to her, quote, sometimes the best fighter isn't the one who lands the best punch, it's the one who absorbs it. Mm-hmm. Which... Is just that thing with the two of them because it's two heavyweights going at it. And you mentioned about how much Bill can rebound and how he can get back and rebound and stuff. That's him absorbing all those emotional punches, whether it's from his dad or whomever else or right now today with Virginia. Mm -hmm. He's absorbing those emotional punches and he can come back and bring it again. And even though he may not land as many punches, he may be the strongest fighter because he's still standing. He's still there. Yep, I agree. Which is and why he would be Archie and she would be the new guy on the right. On well, the both fight. have both have taught themselves to be cold and to yeah. turn off whatever it is that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So they have to do that time and time again with each other. Every single time they address how one another feels about each other or how, you know, the love exists, they play with it or they deny it or they resort back to, oh, but I'm married and oh, but this could never be when really they that's what they that's what they really desire. But they're both in this protective mode. And, mm-hmm. and let's not forget the scientific study itself, the sex study. When you were doing a scientific study, it's devoid of emotion. You don't mm-hmm. show emotion. You don't get attached to stuff. You have a scientific method that you go through. And as professional as Bill is, we know that's a method he has been going through. Obviously, participating in the study himself is a <laughs> egregious situation but it still stands that forever they've been had to be scientific about this thing mm-hmm. and now we're starting to see more and more cracks in the science and it's not about science and it's now medical professionals who can't be removed to just mm-hmm. look at the science but they're involved now and he's emotionally involved and she obviously is and it's only going to crack harder and harder and harder until who knows what happens you know prediction time in and a few minutes <laughs> Jenna you brought up a point earlier you said that Bill is starting to share more with her than he would with Libby I think part of 
him opening up and sharing what happened in his day at work is not because he's more vulnerable at this moment. I think also he doesn't respect Libby's intelligence. I think that he thinks that Libby wouldn't understand. And so because he knows that Virginia understands the medical terminology, he respects her opinion about his practice. And that's the only reason that he starts with that conversation with her. But she manipulates the conversation in order to get him to open up Mm -hmm. because that's what she needs, I think, as a woman, too, as as much as you may see it as a weakness, I think that she still wants that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So she right. finds a way to bring it back to, well, why did he do that? How did it make you feel? Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you do to provoke that? She wants that between them. He, she wants him to share, like every right. woman. Yeah. Right. And I feel Libby would respond the same way the father and the wife did with their baby in that sense of, oh, well, how are they going to handle it instead of how Virginia handled it with the whole science behind it? Right, exactly. I don't, I don't agree. No, I don't agree because I think that. Um, Virginia isn't an expert. She has no medical knowledge of what's going on. She has no, I mean, he barely knows what that surgery is. she went is. to school last season. She's she taken like And she still understands classes. his practice. Yeah. No. She, underst- he she barely understands ad- the medicine. She might not know that procedure or what that actual, um, you know. She is not educated. She has like a few classes under her belt. Like I don't, she's a top student. I think that <laughs> she was selling vitamins she too. She took hey, an anatomy class. Related, okay. She took like she three understand. classes. No, you know? she understands. I think the anatomy of what's going on, especially with his, his practice. She does have the studies with him. Like she understands. She gets it. She just doesn't have the degree behind it. Uh, I don't think that he doesn't. I think he just doesn't open up to Libby because. I don't know. I think he's just genuinely attracted to Virginia, and I don't think it's because she's smarter. I think that there's just a, there's like a, he's attracted to her, and maybe, maybe that is some of it. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see what the comments say. Uh, smarter, <laughs> listen, smarter or not with Virginia, she is more independent than Libby. By yeah. choice, sometimes by circumstance, sometimes not by choice. But she's more independent, and Bill, from the age of 14 on, was independent, and he had to do it himself. So to a certain extent, having been independent myself, not the same situation as Bill, but having been independent myself, when I see somebody who's incredibly dependent, part of me is like, Eh, what are you doing? You're not serious enough. I can't really get involved with you because mm-hmm. you don't understand. Yeah. So if Bill has been so independent his whole life, and Virginia's pretty independent on her own, mm-hmm. he sees kind of a, um, eh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, kind of a riding they relate. partner. Kind yeah, of a, they kind relate of a spirit to each other. Yeah. They both, yeah, okay. Um, well, then he um, goes in and tells her more about his father and tries to insert, you know, some humor into it, but she doesn't kind of take it. She's not playing ball with him. She really, you know, and he kind of reaches out to Virginia because he was sitting down at that moment and, you know, he's trying to make kind of light of it, but she's kind of seeing him as this wounded man and she feels bad and uh, he asks her to take her robe off and he's just staring at her and he just kind of circles her naked, you know, and she's for some reason kind of insecure about her body but she kind of lets herself go he circles her and then he's like you know i want you to beg me you know like do you want me to touch you and she was like yes he goes well i want you to tell me and she's like i don't think i need to tell you that and he goes no i want you to tell me how much you want me to make you feel good and she's like you know what i can make myself feel good and this is where she kind of takes the you know the dominance over and she's like you know i'm fine so that's where she uppercuts him yeah and i think (laughs) earlier you said that his father you said something about his father um him not defending himself to his father as a a way to show strength and that his father would 
like yeah he, he kind of to he stop. totally acted that out and, and it, that that came that up a couple scene. times in this where yeah exactly he asked her to beg him and mm-hmm. she was like no and she so I don't know if she got more respect from him because she wouldn't beg he wouldn't beg well she, her her when you reject a man so sexually that's an extreme rejection for them oh, yeah. and so it was like that the was, point of no return yeah almost. that was her way of showing the dominance and also mm-hmm. winning that round he was trying to once again i think make her feel less than him although he was doing it i think in a you know kind of a way to show i don't know if he was trying to turn her on or if he was trying to act out something or uh, anger with his father but he was de- he was definitely trying to take over her and she wouldn't let him she wouldn't let him win she was like no, i don't need didn't. you and then by masturbating she showed look i don't need a man like that was her uh like and you i know, think that's probably more of his draw to her because he's like she this woman knows herself um, in in the book, it talks about doctors, masters, his like never ending curiosity be curiosity about sex and wanting to fill in answers and to know what pleases a woman and and all of that. And I feel like she is like this entity to him. That's like she knows her way around a bed. She's comfortable in in bed. She can masturbate. I feel like he almost was hypnotized when he was watching her masturbate. Like was he turned on by it? I couldn't tell if he was if it saddened him or if he was enjoying it. I th- well, Bobby, you answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> How did you, you feel, Bobby? Well, <laughs> this is a How good time for feel? our male perspective. <laughs> when you see a woman masturbate, how does it make you feel? <laughs> in this situation? It, like if in, in this situation, I think it was a case of... He, I think they put, put their foot down. I don't know. Was it surprise that he was yeah, shocked? Well, like the shock factor of it all? That she turned around and, like you said, uppercutted him in a sense? I guess, let me say this, because... When Bill was telling the story about his dad, and his dad was physically abusive to him, Mm -hmm. he would play with his dad by not fighting back because it knew it made him matter. Mm -hmm. And that was Bill's kind of out, and then he would not feel pain anymore, and he would shut down emotionally and do all that kind of stuff. He then does that same thing to Virginia early on in the bathroom when they're standing up, and she doesn't fight back, and she takes it. And I don't mean it was like that rapey or anything, yeah. mm-hmm. but she just she didn't resist. She just went for it, and mm-hmm. it was good or whatever. And then he tries to do that to her again and tries to get the upper hand with her, and she finally fights back. So I think maybe he was a little turned on. Maybe he was a little scared or sad. But really, I think it was he saw her, again, as an equal at this point, more than maybe he's ever seen her as an equal before, to say she will fight back, she'll take sexual agency. Remember how progressive he is relative to other doctors in Mm -hmm. his area. Women at this time did not take a whole lot of sexual agency, or if they did, it was not something in society that was as accepted as it is maybe now. So when she takes sexual agency with him and says, I'm in control, I'm going to do this, don't worry about Mm -hmm. me, that's him saying... Maybe a little threatened, maybe a little scared, maybe a little sad, maybe a little turned on, but also saying, this is a powerful woman, like, I need her on my side. Yeah. You know, to, to put that really simply. Right. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so avoided her question, though. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I, when you I watch her masturbate, how does that make you feel? It, it depends on the situation. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so then we um, then we see her still pushing. She's relentless with his his dad, and she wants to know about why he why his dad broke his nose, and he genuinely can't remember. And it's because his ma- his dad, which is genuinely like lash out at him for no reason. And so, um, and then they they talked about the begging for mercy thing, and um, that becomes a th- a thing that comes up later again. Um, and then we kind of see them wrapping up their night, and Virginia is checking in on her kids, and um, 
interesting, while she's doing that, she's playing around with Dr. Master's wedding band and puts it on herself. Because she's playing the fairy tale. She's, she's playing the fairy tale. imagining in her head that there's a ring on her hand, and what if it was his? Yeah, and it's funny to see her kind of give in to the fairy tale in private when no one's looking. You while know? she's talking to her daughter, who's asking her once again about fairy tales. Yeah. Exactly. Make one up. Yeah. Or have daddy make you make one up for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, Elliot comes in to clean up and he was like, you know, trying to give, you know, she, she, he was like, well, you know, we can have flowers and champagne here. And she was like, I don't really need that. You know, my husband gives me something um, more, you know, other things that are very important to me. And that was that he listens to me and he takes me seriously. And I think that's, like, half the recipe for great sex, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying they were, like, they were running around, you know, they were pretty, you know, they were ahead of their time because that's exactly what um, exactly what women want, you know, to be taken seriously and to be listened to. So I thought that was pretty awesome. And another power thing came up again when, you remember when Elliot first came in and Masters tipped him out and gave him money, and then this time Elliot's saying, oh, don't worry about it, he tipped me out. And she's still looking for the purse. After that, she started looking even harder, Mm -hmm. found her purse, still gave him money. She doesn't need Masters to pay for her stuff. Right. So was another thing. That's a great point. And I think, too, uh, when Masters was asking Virginia to describe her sexual partners that she's had and about her first experience, I think that he was asking that because he really is intrigued about where this sexual road of empowerment came from because it Mm -hmm. was something that's very foreign to him, as we see with most of the women on this show. And I think he wanted to go on the journey with her because if you saw, he was really intrigued by her story. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helped him more to understand her and why she is the way that she is. And it kind of ties back with the first episode when he's trying to watch on the prostitute Betty having sex Mm -hmm. with a man and he's in the closet and he asked her, oh, so you orgasmed at this number? And she goes, I was faking it, honey. And he goes, what do you mean faking it? So, like, there's a whole another world and that's another story with Betty that he tries to learn more about her Mm -hmm. that carries on with last week's episode. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, absolutely. And then um, we see Dr. Masters, you know, they're putting their clothes on, getting their things back together. Um, packing up their things. And Dr. Masters helps her with her bracelet, still in role-playing mode, right? And mentions, um, and she just kind of has, like, a moment with him where she touches his face, you know? And there's, like, just another play of real, true intimacy that's outside of the role-playing, you know? Kind of yes and kind of no, though, because this is where he says this is where a married couple would kiss. Mm -hmm. And her response was, don't forget your watch. It's there by your wedding band. That was right after that, though. (laughs) There goes the dream. No, 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 no. But they were sitting down, right, on the bed, like on the edge of the bed. And he put her bracelet on. And he kind of. She went to, like, do his. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When she touched him. And he was like, you know, next year I'll do better. 15th grade. This Mm -hmm. is bright. Uh, I forgot what the whatever the bracelet was. Well, I think and then they to get, show them going in and out though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they go when they're standing up. She like kind of fixes his tie and then kind of cuts her, snaps herself out of it. And that was her guard going up. Like that's right. But she did it twice. She, she snapped him back out of it twice each time. So she did it when when they were on the bed, but then she did it again when they were standing up. When did she do it on the bed? When they were on the bed, she said, "Get your." Isn't that when she said? No, she was standing up when she said, "Get your wedding ring." Oh, so what did she say when they were on the bed? She said something. No, she didn't snap out of it. He said, said, "No, she did." She said, "You know what? I think it's time for us to go." She said, "It's about time that we go and get on the road." As soon as as soon as he made the role playing comment about their anniversary, she's like, "Mm, "It's time for us to get out of here." Like she Mm -hmm. she keeps taking him out of 
every single time she wants to live in that fantasy, she says something to trigger that they need to get out of it. So then they get back up. She's nice again. She fixes the boat because she falls back into it. And then she snaps back out of it again. I think she goes in and out of this, I want it to be fantasy, and fuck its reality. Hmm. I like that. Okay. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, so, um, you know, as they're leaving, Dr. Masters is like, all right. So and she's like, don't worry. You go. I'll do the write-up. And then they kind of surmise what happened. And he leaves. And they both are kind of wanting something more. But she had kind of cut it off with the wedding ring statement. And so um, while he's in the on his way out, when he goes to the hotel lobby, he calls in to check on that baby and finds out that the baby has had uh, is actually in pre-op. Mm-hmm. And so he goes right back um, to the hospital, begs his patient to not have it done, and the patient's like, oh, it's already done. I mean, and this is where we see, again, he begs for mercy mm-hmm. with the patient, you know, because him and Virginia had that conversation, and Virginia's like, I don't want my kids to know this, and if he's hurt, he should say it. And Dr. Masters took that and was like, Oh, it was I totally see, like, see. you know, I'm, you know, please don't do this. I begged. And it was really unfortunate that it didn't work out to his favor because it had already happened and they had already named the baby Sarah. A hole is a lot easier than a pole. I know. I didn't said. understand. Oh, Better okay. Tom's I'm like, the doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I meant to say that one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then um, and then that wraps up the show, which was on a sad note well, for such an intimate, you know. We see uh, which R- Virginia watching the rest of that fight. And it ends oh, yeah, up yeah, the yeah. Scene. But question is, who won the fight between, we know who won the fight in reality with the boxers, but who won the fight between Virginia and Masters? Ding, ding, ding. Who do you think? We need a rematch. I think Masters won. Why? I don't know. Because don't question me. Because Virginia, <laughs> because Virginia at the end wants to see how it ends. Yeah, and she even called herself the newbie. So, therefore, I think Masters wins. Mm. <laughs> Go team Masters! And so, um, then for the previews for next week, we see that Austin, probably the worst person possible to see, has seen Virginia slipping out of the Park Plaza Hotel, out of the room, and he's like, I totally saw you and Bill there. So that kind of sets up, and then we see some fighting with Libby and Dr. Masters. I almost, he said, I'm always going to take care of you, which makes me think that divorce is coming sooner than we expected, Mm -hmm. which I don't even know what Virginia would do if he actually divorced Libby, because I don't think, I think there's going to be a time where, you know, she's not just going to slip right into his arms and they're going to be off. You know, I think it's going to be another season of weirdness. Um... But I think Bobby has some gossip, some news and gossip for us. Yes, let's run that. Let's hear it. All right, real quick, I got a fun one for you guys. We're going to put up a link on the YouTube video after this. So if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the comments below. But, Jenna, I have a feeling you're going to love this. Okay, There is a short film out called Undress Me. Have you guys heard about this? Oh, no. I do like it already, though. (laughs) By a director named Tatia Pilieva. I hope I'm saying that right. But basically, total strangers take each other's clothes off, literally meeting each other for the first time on camera. They take off each other's clothes, they get into bed naked, and the short film just kind of explores them getting to know each other. Not, I, have you seen that one video on YouTube where it's like strangers kiss? It's the next thing up from that. Okay. This is the next step <laughs> up from exciting. that. exciting. We'll put the links up there for you guys if you guys want to watch that. So would you, and, and what the reason I mention it is this is promoting Masters of Sex. The kiss one, I believe, was promoting like a clothing company. Mm-hmm. This is a promotion video for Masters of Sex, so it came out. A couple weeks ago, and it was a big deal in getting ready for the season or whatever in light of what Masters of Sex does with studying sex. My question for you three is, would you guys ever do that? No. 
Is that money? Have you ever oh. met someone on camera naked? Total stranger, and you, you just get undress him? Naked and get un- undressed and get in bed together. Not like pornographically. Oh, not sex. have sex? No, not no, have no, no, sex. No, no, no. You're like, no, then that's it. <laughs> like, not have sex, just be naked in bed. Just be naked in bed, get to know each other. I suppose you could have sex now, if it were consensual. Are you recorded naked undressing? Uh, you guys have to watch a short film. <laughs> oh my God. You pretty much are. I and believe. how much money is on the line? No. I have no idea. I don't know. Is it bad that that was my first question? Is there money involved? <laughs> Got to be more than two hundred bucks. Listen, which talk is to me after, <laughs> after working out for a couple months, and maybe I'll say yes to that. You know I know. Anything yeah. you want to show off? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know that would be a no for me. <laughs> no for me, unless we're talking, you know, six or more zeros. So. <laughs> um, anything else, Bobby? That's it. That's promoting Masters of Sex. We'll put the link up on uh, on YouTube. Cool. Um, and let's get to predictions, Roya. Let's start with you. Oh, why do I have to go first? Because you can't just keep stealing Bobby's well thought out <laughs> predictions. Man. Okay, fine. Uh, real quick, though, I wanted to mention that uh, Virginia was wearing black when she came into the, the <laughs> hotel <stopped>. room. <laughs> and then uh, she was wearing white this time, so she's kind of like Master's Little Angel, if you think about it. So I think for mm. next week, um, Austin is going to use them seeing them as a way to get back into the study and he wants to be more involved with the study. I don't think, think it's going to going to try to blackmail her to have sex with him. No, he's I don't think that's going to happen. Dog. I think he just wants to get back into the study so he has a reason to have a sex yes. without being hated yeah. on. And uh I that's my only thing. And I think the fight between Libby and Masters is not as big as it showed in the preview. I think it's just more why aren't you around? We need you. I'll always be here for you, that kind yeah. of thing. That's mm-hmm. my prediction. Alright, Bobby, what do you think? I agree with that about the fight between Libby and Masters, mm-hmm. but my prediction, I will say, knowing what we've seen today, y'all thought Bill won the fight between Bill and Virginia? I say Virginia was the winner. I think Virginia walked away stronger, and I think, and I don't know if it'll happen next week or when it'll happen, I think Bill cracks first. And when we start talking about feelings and emotions, I think... He's already cracked a little bit. I yeah. think mm-hmm. he drops the big bomb He's a leaky first. egg, yeah. yeah. So L-O-V-E, not L-U-V? Whether it's L-O-V-E or L-U-V, <laughs> I think Bill starts to show this more is very and more. important. And Virginia is so desperate to get involved with the study. I know she has feelings for him and we know there's something there, but I think she really does want to get in the study too mm-hmm. for those reasons, and I think Bill has totally gone over to her. Mm. So he's going to crack. What do you think, Miss Bessie? Gosh, I would love it if they could uh, confess their undying love (laughs) and be be together. But unfortunately, I don't think that that's going to be the case. And I agree with you um, as far as it just being a simple fight between him and Libby. I don't think that she's going to find out yet. And I think that they're going to continue having this secret relationship. But at some point, they're going to come to terms with the fact that uh, they need to solidify or what it is that they're doing. And they, they keep playing with that. They keep dancing with that as well. Like, what are we? What are we? And I think that Virginia is getting to a point where she almost wants a title. Like, am I going to be your... If I am going to be in this you know, situation with you, at least let me be your girlfriend. <laughs> I think it's going to come to something like that. Where she's gonna check yes or no, pass it back to me after study. Um, and I think that, um, I don't think anybody won tonight. You know, I think that they were both, um, they both um, kept up their defense. I mean, I feel like they both revealed a little bit, but they still haven't really revealed how they truly feel. So lose, lose in my book. Although we, I mean, win on the intimacy. I mean, they're cracking it. They're just doing it in a roundabout way. There is one person who won tonight, and that's Elliot. He made like $6 <laughs> in tips, which yes. is 1960s Elliot is money rolling is in it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And hopefully he won the fight, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's Goodbye. all we have for tonight. Uh, Royal, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at 
at HeyRoya. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Bobby. Hey. All right. You guys can find me on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. I am going to release something very, very cool on Twitter in a couple days. I did a documentary film. I don't want to talk about it. You just have to tweet me to find out. All right. It's the studies Man in a of bed. mystery. <laughs> what about you, Spicy? And you guys can play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy underscore Mari. S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. Okay, perfect. And I'm at Jenna Time Tweets, and we'll see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.